boy Trigger Troy, the love guru, and welcome back to Love Journal. Um, y'all like the new nickname, the love guru? I think it's appropriate, right? <laughs> um, personally, the hopeless romantic in me thinks it's fitting, so hey, I'm gonna say it. Um, I feel more and more vulnerable every time I do an episode. Like, I said it before, I'll say it again, it's literally like my therapy, and like, it's crazy because people are also noticing more of my vulnerability you know um and more of my willingness to be real <laughs> um it's, it's difficult in this world sometimes and not to say that i've ever been fake you know um especially this past few years on my my journey for truth you know i've been i think the most honest i've been my entire life you know um but to be real is is different um because that that implies your own emotional state your own mental state um just really implementing exactly what's going on inside you into conversation and action for someone else to digest you know um and i I love it you know (laughs) i feel i feel stronger in that sense you know and with that, like I felt today might actually be a good day to just do a short solo episode, you know, just me. I feel like it's a good opportunity to just explain the lover that I am and more of the issues that I've had with love in the past and just ultimately give you guys a better idea of why I'm doing the show in the first place. Plus, you know, I'm spiritual and shit. Um, and it's a numerology and all that. And this is episode 14 and 14 is just one of my good luck numbers. So has to do it. (laughs) Um, so I know, you know, like I say, I say it all the time, but I mean it, I'm a hopeless romantic, but up until recently, I, you know, and I shared that on the show too, that I didn't understand that I had never felt comfortable to exist as such. And I had a moment with myself recently and I thought, of just those times that made me feel like that. Like, you know, you have to trace the 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 breadcrumbs back to, okay, so what moment started this? And I just kind of want to share those, you know? So specifically, one of the stories is, or just one of the thoughts, I think, um, is the first time that I expressed romantic feelings. Um now, like, you know, as you all should know by now, I'm an openly gay man. However, when I was younger, I still had, like, several female crushes. And I recently realized, too, I think that it was, like, more of an admiration over anything. Because the girls that I would have crushes on would be girls who were just genuinely different. You know, the type of girls that were so themselves that even if they wanted to fit into a crowd, they just they couldn't you know um and that was either from their looks or, or their interests or their talents whatever the case they were girls that just wouldn't not be themselves in some way or at least this is kind of what i picked up on and and i think i more so admired them because of that and my earliest way to express that was romantic right 
But it's funny, too, because <laughs> most of those women, like, turned out to be gay or bi. So, I don't know. Maybe I was picking up on something else, something about myself. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, story. Um, so, I was in fourth grade. And there's this girl, Danielle Ragland. I'll never forget. Um, shout out to Danielle. She's listening to the show. That's super dope. If not, that's cool, too. But I was crushing on her. You know, I remember having a genuine crush on this girl. Um so fucking hard and for like as long as i can remember i was looking at guys but it was just something about her so this one night after school i decided i've seen enough movies and tv shows i'm gonna come up with a you know an idea or or, you know i'm gonna do something so i don't remember what i watched specifically but i remember i had these scooby-doo folders right and there was a scrappy doo one I felt that was the cutest, just because I guess he was the puppy. I don't know. <laughs> and I traced Scrappy Doo, and then on his dog collar, I put "Be Mine" from Secret Admirer. And I remember well, after writing that, like I felt like I had. I was, oh yeah, this it, this this the one. You know, I was so proud of it. Like this this is it. She's gonna love it. So the next day, I told a few of my friends to plan. You know, I folded it up. I, I told him, you know, I would vote it up and then stick it in the locker, and watch it from afar, and she'll know it's me, and just smile, and, you know, just like the whole TV show movie thing. So, here we are. It's lunchtime, and so I, like, waited for her to leave her locker and close it after lunch, and so I stuck it in there, and I just was, I recall being super anxious. <laughs> like, I have a really good memory, and so the memories. And I think this is with everyone, though, too. The memories that we remember so in-depth were moments that stuck with us internally, that, that caused something, you know what I'm saying? So I'll get to that point of this one. But I remember just being super anxious, you know what I'm saying? Like, counting down the minutes until school was over, and I just couldn't wait to watch her open it. So the bell rung. I run to the hallway. I still remember, like, having my, my locker open and kind of, like, ducking behind it a little bit like looking at a distance <laughs> um and you know it's like me and some of my friends are ready to watch like this super spectacular moment and um it was her and some of her friends at the locker and right as she opened it the, the drawing fell out so she opened it turned her lips up like ugh, and looked directly at me and tore that bitch up like my poor little fourth grade heart just immediately to glass and broke. You know, I remember that moment so vividly because I it was the first time, like I said, I showed romantic feelings and it was the first time those feelings were crushed in front of people. Like it was it wasn't like it was just us two in the hallway. This was like and I feel like all her friends knew, like, as much as I like to act like I um some of my feelings can't be picked up on I'm very expressive, even when I don't, like, action-wise, or, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm pretty sure I acted like I liked her, but that day, I felt like the world knew, and I just wanted to hide, you know? And it's funny looking back, because, I mean, come on, right? I was gay, but not in this moment, I guess, right? Like, this is me expressing my heart, and no. (laughs) And I don't know, you know, it's just ultimately she wasn't receptive. And I know that this is one of those moments that started my long road to keeping my romantic feelings to myself. Um, the action, you know what I'm saying, was so romantic for a kid, you know. And it's just like, how many kids do shit like that? 
you know, that was that TV show movie shit that I would see. And I'm just like, oh, I got to do it. I got to repeat it. Like, I desperately craved some of those experiences at a very young age, which is so funny to me. I'm like, in fourth grade, trying to fall in love. And it's like, what is happening? <laughs> um, but I am also, again, I believe in astrology and I'm ruled both my my son and moon sign are ruled by venus which is the planet of love so and i have venus in some other places in my chart so that's neither here nor there right now but yeah you know um just like on the topic of being gay i recently realized too this is another thing that affected my romantic vulnerability or just my overall vulnerability but more so why i do the show the romantic vulnerability um I grew up quote unquote deal. And I think you convince your mind when you grow up like that, uh, there's romantic feelings are something to be hidden. Right? So on top of having my romantic advances not received at times, rightfully so, I guess, in that moment, um, I had to deal with knowing that the real, real feelings I was having I had to push down. And I use the term DL loosely. You know what I'm saying? I was far from the most masculine nigga in the room. And in fact, I believe often I was so not that, <laughs> that it was something that people immediately had to bring up. You know, I was different. I always have been. And if you know me, you know what that means without further explanation. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm super feminine. I'm not super masculine. I'm just me. <laughs> um, and it's just like I had to go through so much of my sexual awakening alone. And just relationship shit alone. Because I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. And it it felt, I felt like I had to use what I knew about being straight and somehow fill in the blanks of what what was missing from being gay. And in the black community, it's 10 times harder, you know. I don't want to say that because I, I haven't been anything else. I don't want to say it's 10 times harder, but it's fucking hard and it's weird. Like, like you hate to think this way, but a black family would almost quicker accept a murderer in the family than a, a, a gay person. And the most unreligious of them will be the ones throwing a Bible at you. And then you have the actual Bible thumpers throwing it at you, too. So, honestly, looking back, it was very traumatic. And I recall feeling like there was something wrong with me all the time i'm like i needed to like i said be hidden and having brothers who are all straight i mean you know what i'm saying like they were able to talk about these things that they were their sexual awakenings they could talk about the girls that they was you know doing you know whatever like i couldn't talk about that and being the only brother that couldn't that just deepened my feeling of and not not to say that my brother should have been gay too like i just mean growing up not having anyone to really share that with like up until high school um my my older brother he we had finally talked because we went to the fucking same high school he's like all right bro i was ready for you to tell me like you know what i'm saying so it was it was great to have that and then my brother that was older than him once i got to college i started to um hang out with him a little bit more and so i was able to kind of talk to him a little bit not too much but you know to the point where like if I go to his place and a nigga picking me up, he be picking me up from his place. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, bro. Well, I'm about to I'm be gone. Like, you know, and he was cool. So, um, but a lot of that was later in life. So just growing up again, I was thinking about love in fourth grade. So imagine from there all the way up until like 11th grade of not sharing that and feeling like something wrong. You know, it was torture sometimes. Um, and it's just like, I, I think what it did for my mind 
again, it's just further convincing me to keep my true feelings inside. Because if I shared them, like if I shared my heart, it'd be ripped up like Daniel did the photo, or it'd be persecuted for being different. When I look at it, though, right? And again, shout out to Danielle. She's an amazing person. It wasn't, that's not like, this was some fourth grade shit, so I'm not, <laughs> no way, shape, form, or anything, like, feeling some kind of way. Um, but, like, my entire life has been about love. You know, either the pursuit of it, the lack of it, the fear of it, um, the overabundance of it, or the, you know, whatever, just, just. And not just romantic love, too. You know, I've had the, some traumatic moments from family and friends, but all of these things have taught me one thing, that we don't get to choose who hurts us. Everybody, every day can hurt us, you know? And it's just part of the job of being human, I think. And sometimes people might not mean to. Sometimes they might. But you can't let that stop you from loving I'm doing this show because I want to be that little boy again, you know, who gets the idea that he feels is so romantic and he just expresses his heart. You know, I want to trace a picture and write me by on the dog tag again and stuff it in somebody's locker, just anxiously wait for them to see it. And maybe not exactly that. Right. But I want to be the kid who puts his heart out there again. Well, the man now, but that <laughs> because that's who I am, not because of who anyone else is. I am a lover, period. And I want to choose to be a lover. So, thank you guys for listening to my quickie episode on some story time shit. <laughs> uh, my advice for anyone struggling to open up their heart again and truly exist in a vulnerable space, uh, vulnerable space, I'd say start by paying attention to your story. Those moments that hurt you, it was just the moment, you know, just the person, just the situation. Love didn't hurt you. So open up to it. You'll be okay. Again, as always, weather. thanks for listening. <laughs> um, if you love my love stories, I'll definitely bring more. But you'll love the poems that go with them. So check out The Boy Who Lucid Dreamed and The Boy Who Stood in the Rain, both on Amazon and Kindle, coming to Audible soon. Follow the official Instagram page for the pod, love underscore journal podcast. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and comment. And until next time, love, love. Peace. Keep up with my tempo. While I let-